Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's Word for you. And now, here's Dr. Dan Gerard. We're in the process of studying the biblical edition formula contained in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5, 6, and 7, that will assist us to be people of excellence. I read from the word of the Lord. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. In considering how you and I can be people of excellence, we're looking at this session today at the importance of being people of brotherly kindness. I read again from 2 Peter chapter 1, a portion of verse 5 and 6. And beside this, giving how much diligence? One more time, how much diligence? One more time, how much diligence? Giving all diligence add to godliness, brotherly kindness. What is brotherly kindness? Brotherly kindness literally means a love for the brethren, a love for the brotherhood. Brotherly kindness is what I have for you because you are a member of the family of God. Brotherly kindness is what you have for me because I am a member of the family of God. Brotherly kindness is what we have for each other because we are all part of the same family. This love for the brethren, this love for the brotherhood involves our emotions. Now, emotions are not to rule us. You and I are not to live by our emotions. We're not to walk by our feelings. The Bible says we're to live, we're to walk by faith. But having said that, we must understand in our minds and in our hearts that emotions are very important because you and I were created by our Heavenly Father with the capacity not only to experience but also to share emotions. We sometimes hear of separations and divorces taking place as a result of emotional stresses. We sometimes hear of lawsuits being filed because of emotional damage being done or experienced. And even within the church, we experience things as a result of how we act and how we react in regard to emotions. Now, there is nothing wrong with experiencing emotions. Emotions are not sinful. But if you and I journey through life just on how we feel, if we journey through life just on emotions, what we're doing is setting ourselves up for disappointment 
after disappointment after disappointment. Now, please follow me closely. Brotherly kindness involves emotions, but it involves more than just our feelings. It involves our actions, and actions are related to giving. May I repeat that? Actions are related to giving. Now, let me make it as plain as I can. Brotherly kindness, love for the brethren, love for the brotherhood, involves the action of giving someone what is needed in the deepest level of that need. It involves determining what someone else, a member of the family of God, needs and then acting to make sure that need is met. Now, the Bible makes this very plain. 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse number 17. But whosoever hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in, de in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Is there anyone else besides Pastor Dan that wants to assure your heart before God? We all do, don't we? Well, this is a prescription to make sure that this is a reality. Now, what will this type of action do? To be sure, this type of action will assist the person in need. But brotherly kindness will also block the growth of selfishness in our own lives. This is the 65th sermon that I have shared with you since I had the privilege of becoming your pastor. It is probably one of the most important presentations I have made thus far. Now, why do I say that? I say that because you and I are living in a great influx of selfishness in individual lives, families, in the world, and in the church. I want to share with you two passages of Scripture to illustrate what I just shared with you. First of all, from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Now, this is not an option. This is a command from God. Let love be without dissimulation. What does dissimulation mean? It means hypocrisy. It means pretense. And so Pastor Paul wrote to the church at Rome, let love be without hypocrisy, without pretense, without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. 
And then, as if someone were about to ask, well, what is one of these good manifestations you're referring to? Pastor Paul wrote to the church at Rome, and God's Spirit is saying to the Christian church today, in these last days, look at verse number 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another. And how are we to be kindly affectioned one to another? In brotherly love. What does this mean? This means that there is to be total giving of ourselves in this relationship. Not a partial giving, but a total giving. Now, why do I make this observation? I make this observation because of the conclusion of this verse. Underscore it for the rest of your life and living. In honor preferring one another. May I repeat that? In honor, preferring one another. Let me say it one more time. In honor, preferring one another. My friends, it is impossible for me to prefer you. It is impossible for me to have your best interest in my heart and in my mind, it is impossible for me to be alert to meet your needs through actions and through emotions and to be selfish at the same time. It is an impossibility. Can you imagine what our families would be like if we have this kind of preferring one another? Can you imagine what our churches would be like if we have the practice of verse number 10, not just operating on Sabbath, but every day, every hour of every day, in honor, preferring one another? I tell you what kind of families and, and what kind of churches we would have we would have families and churches where there is not one iota of selfishness. Second passage, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto the unfeigned love of the brethren... See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now, what does fervently mean? Does it mean with some zeal? Does it mean with some intensity? Does it mean with some enthusiasm? Yes. This is how I am to love you. This is how you're to love me. This is how we are to love one another as members of God's family. Now, briefly, let me take note with you of what brotherly kindness is not. 
Now, please follow me very closely. Brotherly kindness is not unconcern. May I repeat that? Brotherly kindness is not unconcern. Sometimes in the family of God, we may need to say or we may need to do some things that are not always popular in our relationships with one another. But as we say these things, and as we do these things, they must never be in contempt or hatred. As we say these things, as we do these things, they must always be couched in love. When I was a young preacher boy growing up in the Pentecostal church, an elderly minister gave me some sound advice. He said, Danny boy, there would be times when you may have to preach on hellfire and brimstone, but always couch it in love. And I've tried to remember that. You see, the Bible records that whom the Lord loves, he does what? My Bible says whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Now, why does God chasten us? Does God chasten us because he hates us? No. God chastens us because God is concerned about us. And if you and I are concerned about one another, sometimes we may have to say some things Sometimes we may have to do some things that may not be understood and appreciated at the time we say it or do it. But regardless, what we say and what we do must always be couched in brotherly kindness. Question, did Paul love Peter? I believe he did, don't you? Now, those of you that are following in your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 2. And I want you to observe an interaction that Paul had with a fellow apostle, that Paul had with a fellow member of the Christian brotherhood. I read from Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face. Now, in all probability, if I did that to some of you, you would get upset with me. In all probability, if some of you did that to me, knowing myself, I might get upset with you. But the Bible says, when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face. And as if someone were about to ask, well, Pastor Paul, why would you do that? To a fellow member of the family of God, Paul said, because he was to be blamed. 
Why would Paul deal with Peter in such a fashion? Paul dealt with Peter in such a fashion because Paul was concerned about what was going on in Peter's interactions with others. Look at verses 12 and 13. It explains why Paul withstood Peter to the face. For before that certain came from James, Peter did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. Now, did his actions, Peter's actions, have repercussions? Did his actions influence others? Absolutely. Other Jews dissemble likewise with him. And I want you to notice the gravity of what was taking place. Insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with this dissimulation. Now, do you remember what dissimulation means? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. The actions of Peter affected others because the actions of Peter were hypocritical. I love you, my friends. I love you more than you can even imagine. And it pains me to make this statement. There is too much, and just a little is too much, but there is too much hypocrisy in the family of God today. With our words and with our actions. And when Pastor Paul saw what was transpiring, he knew he had to address, he knew he had to deal with that situation because it would fester and it would spread like a cancer throughout the church and body of Christ if it were not addressed and were not dealt with. Verse 14, but when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. Now, if you're going to get upset, don't get upset with Pastor Dan. My brothers and sisters, Paul said that Peter and these others were not walking uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. Simon Peter, who was baptized with the Holy Spirit fire of God on the day of Pentecost, had moved to the place where he was not walking uprightly according to the gospel. And I said unto Peter before them all, Peter, if thou being a Jew livest after the manner of the Gentiles and not as do the Jews, 
Why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? So again, I ask the question, did Paul love Peter? Absolutely. And because of the concern of Paul, he had to say something. He had to do something that he would much rather have not had to say or do. You see, my friends, brotherly kindness, love for the brotherhood, is not unconcerned. You and I operate in this manner because we are concerned about one another and the testimony we have. And we do not want to see another member of God's family overtaken in a fault. Now, let me flip the coin. Do you believe that Peter loved Paul? I believe he did, don't you? Now, agreeing with me on this, again, those of you that are following you the Bibles, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, and I want to begin in verse number 15. And I want you to notice how Peter referred to Paul. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our, and underscore these next three words, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Now, I want you to remember, Paul had withstood Peter to the face. And yet Peter responds, he is a beloved brother. <laughs> Wow! I continue. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, and I want you to notice these next words, in which are some things hard to be understood. Now, Peter is writing that about a fellow pastor, about a fellow member of the brotherhood, about a fellow member of the body family of Christ. And which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Now, what was one of the things that prompted Peter to say that what he said about all of Paul's epistles? Now, he's not just saying about one. He's saying about all of Paul's epistles. What was it? Why would Peter say that? He said that, he wrote that, because he had a concern. 
And it was a concern that was growing out of that concern that he addressed another member of the family of God in brotherly kindness, in love for the brotherhood. So why is brotherly kindness? Why is brotherly kindness, why is love for the brotherhood, why is love for the brethren important? If you and I are going to be members of God's family as people of excellence, why? Very simply, and those of you that are taking notes, I hope you write this down in in bold letters. Very simply, It is a Christian imperative for this kind of relationship to abide in the brotherhood. And for too long, we have neglected it. And because of neglect, we have suffered. And it has led to our Laodicean complex. I want to close this session by taking us to two passages of Scripture. First of all, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 20, John echoed the Christian imperative with great volume, this Christian imperative that I've just elaborated. Listen, if any man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Now, would you agree with me that there's more than one way to express hatred? Would you agree with me? We can say it with our lips. We can say it with our body language. But we can also say it with our heart. And nobody else know about it except us and God. Are you listening to me? My Bible says, if any man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Now, I'm about to make a statement. I hope you will understand And I want to say it very slowly. It is sometimes more of a challenge to love the brotherhood than it is to love the unconverted. I'm going to pause a second to allow that to register in your mind and in your heart. I repeat it. It is sometimes more of a challenge to love the brotherhood than it is to love the unconverted. Now, why do I make this statement? I make this statement because we in the brotherhood, we see there was a famous cowboy movie several years ago. I believe Clint Eastwood was in it. The Good, the Bad, the Ugly. You remember that? We in the brotherhood, we see the good and we see the not so good in one another. 
And if we are not careful, it is easy to allow the not so good to dampen or deplete our love relationship within the brotherhood. There are people today who will not attend church because of this very element. Amen or ouch. Second passage is 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. Here again, Peter expressed the Christian imperative. Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, where does he say, or let me, let me rephrase it. Who does he say is to be the objects of our fervent love? Among yourselves, right? Now, who are the yourselves? Who are the ourselves? It's us, right? And as if someone is about to ask, well, why? Listen to his response. He responds because this type of brotherly kindness, this kind of brotherly love will cover the multitude of sins. <laughs> hmm. I don't know about you, but this passage speaks volumes to me personally in this respect. If I am allowing the principle of brotherly kindness to be part of my life and my living within the brotherhood, it will help me to not allow the limitations. It will help me to not allow the shortcomings. It will allow me to not allow the mistakes it will help me not even to allow the sins of someone who is part of the brotherhood to be my primary focal point. My brothers and sisters, too often we are focusing on the bad in people rather than the good. I ask myself, and I asked you the question Jesus asked, who among us is without sin? You see, if I understand this imperative, I will operate more like God operates. We used to sing a song when I was growing up in the Pentecostal church, he looked beyond my faults. All my need. Are you looking at the faults of others? Are you looking at the limitations of others? Are you looking at the mistakes of others? Are you looking at the sins of others? My brothers and sisters, if we are, 
we're blocking the Spirit of God from operating in our lives and living as it should and could. You see, it's so easy in the natural to look at one another and see the limitations. It's so easy in the natural to look at one another and see the shortcomings. It's so easy in the natural to look at one another and see the mistakes. It's so easy in the natural to look at one another and and maybe even see the sins of a brother or a sister and allow it to erect a wall of separation between us. I stand here today confessing that I have made my mistakes in these 19 months that I've been with you. You have seen my limitations, but somehow, some way, I hope that you've seen a little bit of good because that's what I've been looking for in you. And that's why I preach the sermons that I have is because I want us to be a people of excellence. Galatians 6 and verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such in one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest thou also be tempted. I want to issue a challenge today. In the next few hours and days, I want you to do some prayer, and I want you to do some research so that you can discover a need of a fellow Christian. It could be a physical need, it could be a spiritual need. But I want you to spend some prayer and research in the next few days to discover a need in a fellow Christian. And then do something to meet that need. Put brotherly kindness into practice so that others may truly observe that we are aspiring to be people of excellence. Dr. Dan Gerard is the pastor of University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org or at Livestream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.